Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Welcome everyone to episode 174 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and today we're going to record an emergency episode. We got to talk about Jimmy Butler demanding a trade from Minnesota, the Sixers hiring a GM and a splashy surprising hire from the Los Angeles Clippers as well. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles to give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe download leave some five-star reviews we'd love any feedback and we're being hosted on the almighty baller podcast network so check them out on twitter at almighty casts joining me today as always is my very stable genius of a co-host morton jensen how's it going mort is it still an emergency podcast when it comes like 24 hours later yes yes (laughs) okay i think so i mean the situation (laughs) has not resolved itself if anything we would have missed all of the twitter drama from last night with Andrew Wiggins and Steven Jackson. and I woke up to that. I am <laughs> oh, so sad I missed that. That was awesome. And, and here's the thing. I, I just, I, that's maybe the most baffling thing to me. Like, of all the NBA X players out there, why would you pick a fight with Steven Jackson? Of I don't know. Of all people. That's I, suicide. I just love all the jokes that people are like, this is the most defense Andrew Wiggins has ever played. That's true. I mean, they ain't lying. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's just get right into the Jimmy Butler stuff. Uh, right. I mean, look, we've been alluding at this for months. We're not the only ones. We don't have sources inside the Timberwolves. Like, if you've looked hard enough, Darren Wolfson of 1500 ESPN has been hinting at this since March. Uh, Zach Lowe on a couple podcasts has mentioned it as well. Brian Windhorst well. Yeah. So, like, there has been tension in the Timberwolves organization for a while now. It's been long reported that Jimmy Butler does not get along with the young guys, particularly Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. He just doesn't think Towns works hard enough on defense, doesn't think Wiggins gives a shit at all, um, which, you know, pisses a guy like Jimmy Butler off, who was the number 30 pick and, like, had to work his way up to being an all-star, being the type of player who can command the max contract. So finally, it came to a head uh, this week. He met with Tom Thibodeau, the president and head coach of the Timberwolves, on Tuesday, requested a trade, according to multiple reports. I believe Sham Sharania of the Vertical was the first. Sorry, of the Athletic was the first. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reports. His first report said the Clippers, Nets, and the Knicks were the three teams atop his trade destinations. Then he came out and later said it's really the Clippers, and then the Knicks are a little bit further behind, and the Nets are a little bit further behind. So that's all the background you need. Uh, Mort, let's talk about it from Minnesota's perspective first, and then we'll get into Jimmy and, you know, where he might end up. Um, Because, like, (laughs) Media Day is Monday. You know, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is, like, I don't know that you want jimmy butler and andrew wiggins in the same room come monday so what do you think the timberwolves do here what should they do do you think they have to trade butler now do you think they can let this play out and see like you know maybe they come into training camp and this lit a fire under wiggins and this lit a fire under towns and maybe like is this relation sal- relationship salvageable i mean first of all what they should do is actually have them all together on media day and have them take press photos together, like all of them holding a basketball. That has to happen. I don't care. It has to happen. Yeah. Um, so here, here's the thing. I mentioned Luol Deng 
on a previous podcast <laughs> right. as the guy who could maybe bridge these things. But it seems that Jimmy is just he's moved way beyond this. I mean, it's bad. It's apparently a lot worse than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and and honestly, I don't know if the Wolves should panic to make a trade. They should mm-hmm. get the most out of it because, I mean, obviously, it's Jimmy Butler. It's trading a superstar, so you need to get as much as you can out of it. Uh, whatever that means. I mean, look, as we all know, when guys make a list, it doesn't necessarily mean that they get moved to that team. I mean, right. look, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kyrie. Guys had lists. Kyrie as well. So, you know, it things can things can can take a weird turn mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens but yeah of course they should be looking to to trade him they should just they should just not be in a hurry because that will hurt his value and they're not in a position right now where they can take a major loss right yeah i think it's like competing philosophies here on one hand you're right you don't want to just panic trade him because you're scared of him being in the same room with andrew wiggins on monday Right. That said, his value is only going to go down the closer he gets to free agency. Mm. And, like, God forbid if he gets hurt again, his value is kaput at that point. You're not going to get as nearly as much as you were right, right. now. Um, so, you know... Well, well, uh, you know what? You actually came up with a pretty good point when we were talking yesterday, though. Because while I agree that his individual value may go down, mm-hmm. you brought up something that I found extremely interesting teams might know based on intel Mm -hmm. that trading for jimmy butler does not mean solely getting jimmy butler it also means getting kyrie irving right so there yeah there have been multiple reports i think joe cowley had one in july saying those two guys are trying to figure out a way to link up together zach lowe also said there's credible chatter linking Mm -hmm. the two and yeah i mean i don't think it's a coincidence that the three teams he has on his list the Clippers, Nets, and Knicks, they can all somewhat easily get to two max contract slots next year. I think right. it's a little trickier for the Knicks than it is the other two, but there are ways to do it. And none of those guys, none of those teams have an established point guard. Like, there's no Chris Paul blocking his way. You know, like, if, right. if you trade for Jimmy and then sign Kyrie next summer, you're not... Like, <laughs> sorry, Shea Gil- Gilgis-Alexander, but you're not Kyrie Irving, you know? Like, sorry, D'Angelo Russell. You can move to the two. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that is part of the calculus for teams considering trading for him is, you know, this might be, I think I said it yesterday, you're like tra- you're acquiring or you're potentially acquiring two stars for the asset cost of one. Yeah. So that means that some value will maybe be left on the table solely because of that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think his value is, like, they lost leverage already. I mean, his value was oh, highest yeah. this summer before this all came out. Realistically, they should have been able to see this coming, and they probably should have been proactive and make a trade, but mm-hmm. there's no way Tom Thibodeau is going to do that unless he's, like, held to the fire. But that said, I mean, I think... Being able to bring him in before training camp, get him used to your system, would still be more valuable than like a midseason addition. So I, I do think his value, you know, is at its highest right now, and it's only going to go further down the deeper we get into the season, just because of all free agency concerns. Right. Um, I mean, another issue is I just saw a report from Sean Devaney of Sporting News. You know, multiple reports have said Tibbs just doesn't want to do this. Like he, he yeah. <laughs> which again, it's not surprising. Like as the head coach, he wants to coach a good team. He's not thinking about this from the team per- president perspective, which is the issue with having a head coach slash team president is that you have to, com- you know, balance these competing interests. Right. As a head coach, Jimmy Butler makes your team better this year. If Jimmy Butler is going to leave your team after this year, you can't afford to not get anything for him. Like that one playoff spot is not worth losing the potential assets you could get in a Jimmy Butler trade. Um, but apparently, so Sean Devaney said he's he has zero interest in taking a step back with Minnesota, even according to sources, if it means he ultimately parts ways with the team. So this might not only be a Jimmy Butler thing, like, if ownership wants to trade Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. it might mean Tibbs is also gone. 
Well, I mean, we've talked about this at length that maybe that's not the worst thing. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah. Look, look it, I actually recorded a podcast about the Jimmy Butler thing earlier today with Mark Karansoulis, a, a, a friend of the podcast who runs Bulls HQ, obviously because of former Bulls ties and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the thing here with with the whole tips and, and the Butler thing is, 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 to me, it comes down to this. For Minnesota, you also have to look at what kind of signals this all sends. I know that Jimmy is the one re- requesting a trade, but look at that locker room afterwards. Here mm-hmm. you had a guy, like you mentioned, a guy who worked himself into being an all-NBA, top-10 caliber player, and then you have these two number one overall picks who just kind of is floating by believing that their talent is going to automatically make them better. Like, what do you want to reward, mm-hmm. if anything? Like, um, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of blame being put on Butler, but I think it's more 50-50 than it is, like, one person who's responsible for all these things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I can sympathize with Butler because, like, yeah, if his... Like, you know, you and I don't have sources, again, inside the Timberwolves organization. Like, I don't know for a fact that, like, Towns is lazy and he's not working on defense in the offseason and that Andrew Wiggins doesn't give a damn. Like, we can only go by what we see on the court every night. And, yes, like, Towns has not improved considerably as a defender. Yes, Andrew Wiggins is very underwhelming still. So, Mm. you know, what that says about their work ethic, I don't know necessarily. Um, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the other teams like pursuing him in a minute, but if I'm another team pursuing him, that does slightly concern me that now this is his second set of young teammates that he's at least clashed with, you know, he had some issues with the bulls and now he's got issues with the Timberwolves. So like, yeah, I mean, I don't think blame is a hundred percent on Jimmy or a hundred percent on Towns and Wiggins. I think it's probably 50, 50 or somewhere in that range, but you know, it, that's something to consider as you're moving forward here. The other thing from Minnesota's perspective, before we move on to the other teams, Towns still hasn't signed his extension. Mm. And Sham Sharani of the, uh, of the athletic the other day said, he's not going to in this, until this Jimmy Butler situation is resolved. He has a deadline of, I believe it's October 15th, the day before the regular season starts before he can sign or until he can sign that extension Less than after, a month. Yeah, after that point, he would then become a restricted free agent next summer. So, you know, they could still sign him to a five-year max then. No enormous harm done, in theory. But right. if he's super pissed off at the organization, he could also take a shorter offer sheet somewhere else. Like, you want him in that five-year max. You want him locked up by October 15th. So I but think you also that, want him to get better. <laughs> that's true. But, I, I mean, I think that's just another... Thing working in favor of like this Butler deal should happen mm. sooner rather than later because I think getting Towns locked up on that extension should be the number one priority for the organization even right. if it means you get 50 cents on the dollar for Jimmy instead of like 60 or 70. Yeah but then again here's the thing I, I would actually have a problem with with Towns if he held out this way like the trade request has been made. Right. Like obviously Jimmy's days in Minnesota are over with. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Like, he's just complicating matters for no particular reason. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, there's no way. If he signs his extension, in no way, shape, or form is Minnesota going to go, oh, well, you know, you, you signed your extension. We're going to keep Jimmy now. No. Yeah. No, because well, Jimmy can leave next year anyway. Right. Well, in theory, I mean, we, <laughs> we don't know what Tibbs is going to do, man. He's the wild card in this situation. This is true. But any, but still, though, I, I mean, I just doubt it's going to happen, and it, yeah. I just don't, I just don't think throwing more fire on you know, or more wood on the fire is is helping anyone, right? And Towns is doing that, and Andrew Wiggins' brother is doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say, regardless of what whether they actually trade him or not, Jimmy will not be in Minnesota beyond June twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it seems like he's. Very oh, much he's out somewhere else yeah. before December. Yeah, I think so as well. Latest. But yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I, like it is somewhat shitty of Towns to be doing this. But at the same time, if like I don't know, like uh, <laughs> you know, there there were the rumors that came out yesterday 
about like Jimmy cheated on or Towns's girlfriend cheated on him with Jimmy and like all that nonsense again. All that is gossip though. We yeah, can. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just like no, no. I, and yeah. I don't. Yeah, I mean Towns like tweeted and said it was fake news. So, but like something behind the scenes, they those two guys clearly do not like each other behind the scenes. And right, right. Um, and and I and I, look, we get why. It's yeah. It's understandable. Like like I mentioned to Mark in the podcast earlier, you know, Jimmy is this generation's Kobe Bryant in terms of personality. Right. Totally. And and here's the thing, it it can work, you just need the right environment. Which is why, like, theoretically speaking, I don't think they have the pieces for it, but let's assume that Miami yeah. made a play for Jimmy and got him. Yep. Like Miami is an organization where like they measure your body fat. They they have the hardest work, the hardest practices in the league. Like if you're out of shape or you're lazy, you are just you're either cut or you're traded. You're moved. You're, they they leave you behind if yeah. you're not like in in perfect condition. Um, and, and you know Jimmy would probably go into that situation and have and share this this experience with a lot of like-minded people who love to work hard. And mm-hmm. dedicate themselves to the product on the floor, yep. and it's that kind of environment where you're looking internally as an organization, and going, "Well, you know what? We fit that description. We mm-hmm. can actually go out and and get a guy like Jimmy who would fit the way that we work without any issues. Like we have young guys, but we 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 know that they work hard. Like let's assume we can take Denver as an example as well. We know Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are are hoopers. We know that they work their asses off. Jimmy will respect that. You mentioned earlier uh, to me privately. That you probably wouldn't want him near the Sixers because Markel falls, but I, I disagree overwhelmingly with that point because look at how hard Markel falls works. He's mm-hmm. a workhorse. I think Jimmy would respect the living hell out of him. Yeah, I well, think it's that type of organization you should be looking for. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the Progressive Box. Old moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. So this is a perfect seg then. Let's go into the other teams that should be sniffing around the right. trade market. Let's start with the three teams on his list. Yeah. All three of those teams, as I mentioned, could carve out max contracts based next summer. So they could just right. sign him outright. Given that, if you're the Clippers or the Nets or the Knicks, how much are you giving up to get Jimmy right now? I mean, oh, God, that, yeah, that's tough. Uh, if I'm the Clippers, I, I, I obviously I would refrain from giving up the young guys, but that would just be that I think that would be sort of necessary. But okay, this is this is a problematic question for several reasons though, because you have to look at Minnesota, you have to look at Tips. Like mm-hmm. Tips would undoubtedly want something in return that is like a win now approach. Like he would probably take Avery Bradley over Shy Gilgis Alexander, right. whereas common wisdom and common logic <laughs> would dictate that you go the other way. Yeah. So. You know, I, I don't think Tibbs is going to be in charge of these trade negotiations. Mm-hmm. I have a very firm belief that this power is going to be stripped from him specifically in these negotiations. Yeah. Because he will make something weird out of this. Right. Um, so, so it's about what Minnesota is looking for and, and what they should be looking for. What they should be looking for is a, is a guy like Shai mm-hmm. um, or Shay. I'm not even sure how you pronounce his first name. Um, and Jerome Robinson, for that matter. Like the young guys on the Clippers. Right. Yeah. Montrezl Harrell, those guys. Yep. But if Tips is leading those negotiations, he's going to be like, hey, I want Avery Bradley and who, you know, Tio Dosich, and who else is over 30? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, like Tobias Harris, I feel like, is a natural well, obvious, yeah, centerpiece of that trade. Right. But but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. play, playable players right. who can produce right now. Um, so what's the most I would give up? If I take the perspective of logic instead let me just be the voice of reason and go they need to get younger because if they trade jimmy butler there's absolutely no reason to get older mm-hmm. there's that is just illogical yep i i would probably give up shy jilteos alexander mm-hmm. and montressel harrell I, I know there are some trade restrictions because they you know it's harrell especially was just resigned so right. they will have to wait a little bit but yep. those two guys as the key components and 
you know, I get that Tobias Harris is an obvious name to throw in there. Mm-hmm. And I would probably, you know, if push comes to shove, I would, I would, I would probably do it. But I would do everything in my power to. I, I know I said Avery Bradley, but Avery Bradley would just be used as a monetary piece in this puzzle. Right, right, right. I would do everything in my power to give up Bradley as opposed to Tobias Harris. Um, I know that there's very little chance of re-signing Harris if you're keeping Jimmy and you're getting Kyrie. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at least make that place a little bit more attractive while it lasts. I mean, right. you still, you, regard, even if Jimmy lands on one of the teams that's on his list, like they still have to sell him over the next year on yeah. their culture. Yep. So that's really essential that these teams that are bidding for him understand what they're going into. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think you brought up a bunch of good points. Like, A, the, again, the conflict of Tibbs the coach versus Tibbs the general manager or t- team president, whatever. Yeah. He is. I, I think Devaney had that in his report, too. Um, yeah, they said... <laughs> He, it's expected the Wolves, if Thibodeau sticks with the team, is expected the Wolves will look to make a deal for a comparable veteran, even if the player is on a pricey contract. So, yeah, like he, he is going to want to have them compete in the short term if they give up Jimmy Butler, which makes me think mm-hmm. they do go for a Harris or a Bradley or something like that, even though, as you said, they should be going for picks and prospects who more align with the developmental timelines of Towns and Wiggins, both of whom are still super young. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all three of those teams can make, they can they can really meet Tibbs in the middle. Like, if he wants veterans, all three of those teams have veterans. You know, the Knicks have Ennis Cantor, Courtney Lee. I don't really know how I, Cantor probably doesn't really fit in Minnesota, but, like, just for salary matching purposes... Brooklyn has Damari Carroll, Jared Dudley, Alan Crabb. You know, there there are possibilities there. The Knicks have already come out and said we're not giving up first-round picks for guys we can sign next summer. Um, but that said, I mean, like, for a team like the Clippers especially, I I think they have more motivation than the other two, if only mm-hmm. because, you know, A, you just have to, like, you're now competing with LeBron James for that L.A. market. So, like, it's LeBron James on the Lakers. You're always going to be the kid brother in LA. But like, if you make a splashy acquisition like Jimmy Butler, it's like, oh, okay. You know, we're, we're not like the same old sad sack Clippers. Like, yes, our right. big three is gone, but we're still trying to compete. Like, this is a new Clippers era. We have Jimmy Butler. We're going to try to bring in Kyrie or Kawhi Leonard next summer. Right. They're, they're complete your dream, finally, of Jimmy and Kawhi teaming up. That's, uh, I have a whole ballad. To, yeah, to go uh, through with the Raptors. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but so I think you know the Clippers probably have more incentive than the other two because as you said, like, yeah, you know, you can say, well, you don't have to give up much, but then if another team does, whether it's on his list or it's not, and then right. you have a Paul George situation, like this is what happened with the Lakers and Paul George. They thought, mm-hmm. why are we going to give up assets? He's just going to come here as a free agent. We don't have to do anything, and then he didn't. You know, then he he liked where he was. He liked where he landed. He thought it was a competitive situation. Right. He resigned there, so there is risk involved either way. Like, yeah, and it would Lakers be... fans decided to call him all kinds of weird things and actually get pissed off after they got LeBron freaking James. Yeah, right, uh, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, but you know, so there is risk involved if you're the Clippers and you're giving up a Tobias Harris or a Shea Gilgis Alexander because if he leaves in a year, you know, then you just pissed away those assets for nothing but it's mm-hmm. a gamble i think you know you have to at least consider um, and that that right there is going to lead me into toronto because i okay. have figured this whole thing out yeah I was, I was just about to ask you know yeah. now we can go into the other teams that aren't All on right. jimmy's list that should be in on this so let me let me ask you a couple questions before okay i go into it are we in agreement that the that the Raptors, at the very least, would have to go through a retooling process if Kawhi leaves next year? A hundred percent. Maybe even a full rebuild. Yeah. All right. Based on that knowledge, would you rather end up like Charlotte, who has to wait a whole bunch of years to get their clock salary cap figured <laughs> out? Right. Or would you want to go into a rebuild, a full-on rebuild? With loads and loads of cap space, where you can like trade for bad contracts, take on draft picks, 
that just makes it easier for you to get traction on a rebuild. Yeah, uh, I'm very much team ladder. All right. It makes every ounce of sense for Toronto to go all in on Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. and pair him with Kawhi for this particular season. Mm-hmm. Even if it means that both leave them next summer, Yeah, they would clean out their cap completely mm-hmm. and would enter a rebuilding process that is very, very easy to transition to something greater because of that cap flexibility. Yep, I now, agree with that. I don't know what the trade should be. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah, you know, I'm still figuring that out, though. But okay. here's the thing. They, they, uh, Jimmy Butler is earning just over $20 million, So right. he's not one of those guys who are, like, earning 32 or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's easier to facilitate, facilitate a trade here. Obviously, OG Ananobi would have to be one of the key pieces going back. Yep. Like, that has to be one of them. Danny Green, because he's an expiring contract mm-hmm. on on $10 million, I know that is attractive for, for Toronto in and of itself because they would probably rather give up C.J. Miles, who has a year longer. Yep. But and then again, at, at, like nowadays, at an expiring contract, once again, has value. Right. So that's another asset. Then a couple first-round draft picks, highly protected in some capacity at least, and then maybe one of DeLon Wright. Or, you know, Fred Rand lead and you throw in a bad deal from, from Minnesota's end. Mm-hmm. Like, there are moves to be made here. Sure. My entire point is, just get Jimmy on the goddamn Raptors. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's not solely because of the whole, oh, Jimmy, Kawhi angle. I know that I'm in love with that. Right. But that's not really the entire reason I'm going on, on about the, the Raptors. It just makes sense. First of all, a Jimmy Kawhi team with Kyle Lowry at the point and more than likely Jonas Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka up front as well, mm-hmm. that team has a legit chance to make the finals. Yep. And it might represent the biggest hurdle for the Golden State Warriors at any point of an, East, of an Eastern mm-hmm. Conference opponent. You have the two... You can you can install like a mid '90s Chicago Bulls Doberman defense with yeah. Butler and Kawhi. Yeah, Kyle Lowry ain't too. Sh- he, yeah, he, no, he's gotten he's... worse, but he's not too shabby. Right. Jonas Valanciunas can guard the rim. He's big. Mm-hmm. Serge Serge Ibaka is still a shot blocker. He can still switch. You have some key pieces off the bench. Like Toronto has so much depth yep. that they can allow themselves to rid to to, to sacrifice those some of that mm-hmm. for Butler. And you know, I'm just really crazy about that that fit. Yeah. You would have these two two of the best two-way wings in the entire league going up against Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Like that would present the best chance of someone actually doing giving them a hard time, giving the Golden State Warriors a hard time. Yeah. Like let's say they go to the finals, Jimmy leaves, he's still on board with Kyrie, Kawhi is still in love with Los Angeles, whatever. You know, Toronto looks themselves in the mirror. They go, well, we made a finals. We made the finals, and we didn't win, but we went up against the Warriors. So, you know, we have a pity trophy to take home because, honestly, that's as good as it gets. Right. That's a championship in and of itself in the East. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then we just turn around, and we hit the big old red reset button. We have very little committed money. We have movable assets movable contracts we can we can even use charlotte if they if they're still you know jumping around with kemba walker and trying to be competitive or you know who knows it's mitch kupchak mm-hmm. you can even, they can go you know what charlotte we'll take a shit ton of your bad contracts just give us picks right yeah yeah i mean i love the idea conceptually and again it's just a matter of like finding the pieces and salaries that make it match for the Butler, Raptors and yeah. yeah, I mean, I think you could probably, as you said, with especially with Danny Green involved, like mm-hmm. I think he's making yeah, he's ten million a 10, year, ten million straight. I mean, I guess you could do like you can use Norm Powell for salary matching purposes. Like you can do Powell, OG Green, and then a pick or two. Yeah, Powell is locked in long term. Yeah, and but he's young. He's twenty five. Right. I want to say. Hmm. So he would probably still fit with the, like that H bracket of Townsend Wiggins. Right, I would think so. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's good. Like he fell out of favor last year, but he's a good player. Right. Uh, uh, I, I I just think it makes a lot of sense for both sides, really. For for yeah. Minnesota, like they still get something that they can use. They they get the expiring contract, Danny. 
they will get like some protected draft picks that you know they could use that that will eventually convert. It should not be like mind you, it should not be fake first rounders. You have to keep right. something that will eventually convert in the first round. Yeah, yeah, because it's Jimmy Butler. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's go through some other possibilities. Yes, sir. If you're Portland, do you give up C.J. McCollum for Jimmy Butler? In a heartbeat. I would hate to do it because mm-hmm. the idea should be pair those two with Jimmy. Right. Like Dame, Dame and C.J. with Jimmy, but there's just no other way to, to get that done. Mm-hmm. Like, who? Like, Evan Turner? No. Yeah. That that phone is being slammed. <laughs> right. Ground, if that's like... Right. I mean, not even if they you include the youngsters like Anthony Simons and no, Zach yeah. Collins. No, no, yeah. it has to be CJ, and yep. yeah, unfortunately so. Which is also why you have to when you're Portland, you have to look inwards and go, well, Jimmy might leave. Is it better right. than to hang on to CJ? Right. Yeah. So, but you think you think the risk, the one year risk of having Jimmy bringing him slightly in. outweighs the alternative because Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler. Right. I mean, this guy is as good good as it gets really. And the the thing I'm wondering is I don't know too much about Portland's training habits. I mm-hmm. don't know how their work culture is. Mm-hmm. So if they're one of those teams that have some pieces who aren't necessarily, you know, Miami Heat hardcore. Right. Then you could potentially see that oh, that this might be trouble. Yeah. But looking at it on the surface, like Damian Lillard and Jimmy yeah. Butler mm-hmm. would be an insane pairing. Yeah. And I get the impression, if nothing else, Dame busts his ass. I mean, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's pretty evident. Absolutely. I'm not concerned about that at all. Mostly yeah. I'm not concerned about veterans. If you notice, yeah. like there's a pattern. Jimmy got pissed off at Jaron Grant and Den- right. Denzel Valentine in yep. Chicago, both young guys. Now it's Towns and Wiggins, both are young guys. Mm-hmm. Like, look, Dwayne Wade didn't work hard in, in Chicago, and Jimmy was still like, oh my god, you're my best friend of all time, right. you know, besties. Yeah. So, I think it's a matter of young guys. Yeah. If they work hard, he'll respect you. Yeah, I mean, I, I had written an article about Portland and, like, whether they should blow it up, and it had yet to go up, and then this whole Jimmy thing came out, and now I'm rewriting a good portion of it, because nice. I, my whole thing was, like, you know, you've got these guys under contract for three more years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to argue your ceiling is capped, just especially because you have so many other bad contracts on the books. Like, there's really right. no way out of this. So, like, you probably do have to consider trading CJ McCollum the first time a superstar comes out. Like, that That mm-hmm. was the conclusion of the original article was, like, someone will become available to be traded for maybe even Jimmy Butler this season. (laughs) And then at that point, you have to consider it. So yeah, I mean, I get it. It would be a huge risk uh, because if Jimmy leaves, then you just lost DJ for nothing. And then like at that point, Dame's probably going to be pissed and demand the trade too, or like, you know, whatever. They're just going to be a lottery team at that point. But I think, I agree. You probably do make that risk and just hope, you know, it's, it's exactly out of the OKC playbook. Like you have a... A star swingman from a small market team who has his eyes on LA as a free agent next summer. Mm. You have a superstar franchise point guard. You are a small market team. You trade for him. You have your, your in this case, you have Damian Lillard go to work and convince him to resign next summer. But I could and, see those two guys getting along famously. And they're oh, like yeah. age wise, they're not too far apart. Like they're on they the are, same curve. I was just about to say that. Yeah. They they fit each other from an age perspective. And also, like if you have Jimmy Butler on your team, you're not going to get swept in the first round. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that was their biggest weakness was like they played the Pelicans who have total garbage wings and they couldn't take advantage of it. Right. Like, I think a backcourt of Dane and CJ, defensively at least, there's always gonna be a ceiling on them just because mm-hmm. those guys are both not great defenders. You swap right. in Jimmy you're significantly better. Like you're a oh my more God, well-rounded they win that roster. Series? Uh, I don't know, man. Anthony Davis is just so oh, on another yeah, level. Yeah, at that you're point. right. It goes minimum six, though. Yeah, it's much closer than it was. Huh. Uh, okay, who else should we talk about? Portland, Washington. Do you trade Otto Porter for Jimmy Butler? <laughs> 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 okay. Do you trade? 
Bradley Beal for Jimmy Butler. That's tougher because Bradley Beal... You know what? It's funny. I actually looked up Bradley Beal for, for different reasons the other day. Like, he is... His numbers are a lot better than when you really, you know, give him credit for. Oh, he was their best player last season. Yeah, he was. And I, I, I might even go as far as saying he's been that maybe for a year or two. Even during John's ridiculous 23-point season. Like, John was amazing, but, mm-hmm. you know, he... He still had those outswings where, oh, if he didn't shoot well, like teams could just clock the paint. Right. But Bradley is just this consistent threat. Mm-hmm. I, I think he and Jimmy would actually be a better fit than John Wall and Jimmy. Oh, interesting. Because huh. Jimmy can ha- Jimmy can handle the ball. Like yeah, he dude. is mm-hmm. like he he is basically one of those wings who can play pseudo point guard. Right. And that was your complaint even back when he was in Chicago, was you wanted him to play more of that role. Of course. But then they signed Rondo and Wade, so he did And Wade, right. Yeah, yeah I, I think there's a great misconception about Butler because of his lack of, like, very ridiculous stat lines. Right. Like, I think he is so much closer to James Hart than what people, like, realize. Yeah. Like, he's not these three or four levels below James Harden. No, he's... Mm-hmm. He's right there, man. He's so close. It's just a matter of Harden being that much more exceptional on offense. Right. That's really right. it. But Jimmy, if he was given that same freedom, like he wouldn't put up the same numbers, but his his he would at least make it a, a smaller margin in offensive uh, volume. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, how about Denver? Yeah, I love that. It's I love that. It's tough idea. to make the salaries work. I think yep. the only way, I mean, unless you're giving up Gary Harris, which I probably would not do if I'm Denver. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's like Jokic, Murray, and Harris. Uh, everyone else, like literally right. everyone else. So I think the way you have to do it is you give out Paul Millsap, you give up Michael Porter Jr., you take Jimmy back, and then you take Gorgie Jiang. Like you yep. give the right. Timberwolves some salary relief. Yep, I think that's fair, and and then maybe yeah. Some did you include some picks as well? Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these proposed trades. Right. Throw in throw in whatever picks you need. Yeah. So so let me just let me just get this clear, okay? So you're suggesting that theoretically we could end up with a starting lineup in Denver that is Nikola Jokic, Trey Lyles, who is really really good by the way, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler at the three because Will Barton will move back to the bench or he will be included in the trade. Uh, Gary Harris at the two and Jamal Murray at the one, essentially a positionless basketball team. Yep. Oh, good lord. (laughs) Yeah. That team would average 120 points, and because of Jimmy, that defense would, you know, see some new, some new life. Right. It would actually have a chance. It would because he and Gary Harris. Like that's yeah. that's a strong defensive duo, and yeah. Jokic is only going to get better at that end. Well, he can't get much worse. I think he improved from last year. Yeah, no, he did. He did. But he's still yeah, bad. You're right. He's but, still bad, but he's yeah. like I I have it. I have a feeling that eventually he's going to become more than average, but better wow. than average. Interesting. I, I think he. Yeah, I think he can. Hmm. All right, let's do Philly before we move on. Well, I guess we can. Well, Move to Philly and then stay in Philly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, look, I love Jimmy Butler as a player. I think he's, I mean, a top 15 player, and he's closer to the top 10 than he is the number 15. The knees concern me. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, given the context that he wants a five-year max deal next summer. And my thing with the Fultz thing is, like, I agree. Fultz is a hard, you know, we've seen the product of it. Footage came out today, finally, of his jump shot. Like, he has clearly spent the entire summer doing nothing but two- and three-a-day workouts, which is great. And I think Jimmy would respect that. That said, you know, it's clear that he's been having some mental barriers he needs to work through. And if Jimmy really is this generation's Kobe, or, like, this, you know... This, this this current NBA's Kobe, I don't know that that's the type of mindset that you want next to Markel Fultz as he's working his way back from this. If it was like two years down the line or even next year and we see Markel have a good year and he gets his mojo back, that's one thing. But that worries me. And then also, like, you know, Woj's report 
kind of hinted at, you know, he wanted to go to L.A., he wanted to go to the Lakers, but then LeBron came, and now he's not going to be the face of the Lakers, so he doesn't want to go there anymore. Like, the Sixers have Embiid and Simmons already. Like, he would not be top billing on the Sixers. He would be co-billing with Embiid and Simmons. But if, like, being that number one star is really that important to him... Agreed. That concerns me. Yeah. That, the last one, is absolutely correct. If that is indeed a thing... And I don't know if it is. Right. Like, yeah, the report was there, but, you know, we... In the past, we've seen differently, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure like if there's credence to that. But you know, either way, if it's true, absolutely, Philly would be like the worst place he can go because <laughs> right. there are a load of players there. And and if like let's just assume Markel Foles becomes the player that we all thought he would be, mm-hmm. that's another you add to the top billing list. Yeah. So so yeah, that would probably be problematic. But on the flip side, if it's not, then he would fit in beautifully yeah and the the pro perspective of this not only in terms of his talent and like how he would make them better this year next year's free agent class you have Kawhi leonard who by all accounts is either going to la or staying in toronto you have kevin durant who doesn't really seem like i mean chances are he's staying with the warriors but like i i don't think he's a realistic target and I don't think you build your next 12 months around, like, we are going to get Kevin Durant. <laughs> right. Uh, you have Clay Thompson, who I feel like is a lock to re-sign in Golden State. Mm-hmm. You have Jimmy. And then after that, in terms of wings, like, a lot of the other star free agents next summer are point guards. You have Kyrie and Kemba. You have a bunch of big men like Horford, potentially, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus Gasol, DeAndre Jordan. The only other wing on the market, really, is Chris Middleton. Who like I you know I love him oh, I yeah. would I would pay up to the max for him, but I'm also not convinced that he's like he might really like Milwaukee he really might like Bud he really might like Giannis like I'm not convinced he's available either. So if you're the Sixers and next summer is your last summer really, that where you have cap space and you need to spend it on that star player before your extensions for Simmons right. and Fultz start coming up. Like, that's the argument in favor of trading for Jimmy is, like, this is our chance to lock in that third star, regardless of what happens with Fultz. And then, you know, next summer we can see what happens, but, like, at least we have the assurance that we have the bird rights of this star. We can offer him more money than anyone else. If that's what's most important to him, we good. And you can trade him if it doesn't work out. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, it is going to be really interesting to see what happens and really when it happens. I mm-hmm. think everyone should have their calendar circled for Monday in case they don't trade him over the weekend because right. T-Will's media day is going to be hilarious. It's it's going to be. By the way, I, I think just to tie this one back to our podcast with Rich Cho, mm-hmm. like the pro scout thing. Oh, yeah. This is where they earn their money. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Yeah. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance uh okay let's stay in philly now mort they finally hired a general manager after months and months of searching they reached out to daryl morey and a bunch of assistant gms instead they stayed in-house hired elton brand as their general manager uh brand was an active player two years ago uh he has since been with the organization last year he served as the team president and general manager of their d-league or G League franchise, sorry. G League? Yeah, Yeah. the Delaware 87ers. Um, I think it's safe to say that particular hiring came as a surprise. What were your initial thoughts of it? Yeah, also surprised because I could imagine there are a lot of people out there who've been working in front offices for years and years and years (laughs) looking for this opportunity and then realizing that they've been passed over for someone who doesn't really have the experience. Um, But... 
you know, that came off really negative. I, I will right. say this. I, I really like Elton Brand. Yeah. I, I, he was a fan. I was, a, you know, he, he was a favorite of mine growing up because he was a bull. He had, he won Rookie of the Year with Steve Francis. Like, he was amazing in those two years with Chicago. And he always conducted himself extremely well, like, professionally, always very courteous, friendly. Like, everything you just saw from Elton was just top class, a top class guy. Yep. So th- that that's pretty that's pretty good. He's also a hard worker. He's got mm-hmm. a, a, a just a he does. There's not a cap on his work ethic. But this is just a completely different beast. This is not going in and practice on your jump shots work ethic. <laughs> right. This is getting acquainted with a whole subculture of the NBA, which mm-hmm. you know is going to take time. This is going to be sort of a Vlade Divas, Ma- Magic Johnson type thing where he has to learn on the job, mm-hmm. and. He will undoubtedly get, you know, moments of frustration, because he has to learn the salary cap. He has to understand the trade restrictions. He has to deal with agents. There are so many things that I, I think is is going to come at him, fairly hard, to the point where, you know, he he will at least have some times where he goes, you know, I'm, I'm glad I have this entire back room of people mm-hmm. I can lean on, which is essential. Like you, you and I talked about this yesterday, very briefly. Uh, offline and you know you, you mentioned to me like the the entire army of guys that is, that is behind Elton Brand yep who are ready to step up and that is definitely going to be necessary and that's not a slight on Elton mm-hmm. because if throw you and me into that position as well it's going to be the same thing like right. yeah sure we have a a raw grasp of the CBA but the minutia of it like the mm-hmm. details dude i mean we'd be going home with splitting headaches after day 1 <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. I, so I'll, I'll give the glass half empty take first and then right. the glass half full take. And the, you would nail the glass half empty take. It's This is so hard to understand in terms of the details of the CBA and the salary cap. And you just need years of experience doing it before you can find these little loopholes to exploit. Like going from Sam Hinkie, who was a master of like, just taking advantage of inexperienced GMs, most notably Vlade Divac in that trade from a couple years ago. And now going to a guy, you know, who just, he was, again, he was playing two years ago. Like, I, with all due respect to Ellen Brand, he's just not mm. going to have the experience and the knowledge base of the CBA that you need to make some of these major decisions. So, you know, it's part of me feels like they missed a chance to hire someone you know, like a Gerson Rosas from Houston or like mm-hmm. a Justin Zanuck from Utah where those guys have, as you said, they've been working for years and years. Like they are much more familiar with the inner workings of an organization and how these things work. Uh, David Griffin, we know, also interviewed with them earlier in the summer and they decided he wasn't a good fit. Uh, they tried to get Daryl Morey. So part of me feels like the same thing that happened with their star hunting quote this summer, that like Brett Brown, you know, in May said, we're going out and we're star hunting and free agency. Yeah. And then they get like Wilson Chandler and it's like, oh, okay. That, <laughs> that was your star hunt. It feels, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this GM search went the same way. It's like, oh, they went for Daryl Morey. It's like, oh, you hired who? You Elton Brandt? Yeah. That said, you know, there's a chance, like, this could work out. I mean, if if he is more of, I don't want to say a figurehead necessarily, but, like, as you said, they have a bunch of other guys in that back office or in the front office with that type of experience. Alex Rucker, Ned Cohen, Mark Eversley. So if those guys are handling, like, the day-to-day minutia, and Brand is focusing more on big picture and, like, establishing relationships with agents and, you know, quote-unquote, not with players, but really, like, establishing relationships with players. If the Sixers' whole thing is we are going out in the next 12 months because we need to get a star-free agent, Elton Brand was their last star-free agent. Like, with all due respect to J.J. Redick... You know, he was signed to, a, like, these placeholder one-year deals. Like, Elton well, that's Brand. a fantastic intro when he has, like, a pitch meeting or a free agency meeting. He walks into the door and goes, I was the last one. And, like, he has some sort of, 
like I don't know a ward. Like I'm <laughs> passing the mantle. <laughs> Come on, he, get, he brings an actual torch to the pitch yeah. meetings. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. And you know what? I think a you know a player, some players would actually appreciate that. Right, right. To some extent, but yeah. Oh, look, you just summed up perfectly. Why it's going to be so so hard for Elden to break through here? I mm. I feel so bad for the guy. I mean, not so much. Got a great job, and right. I'm assuming a significant raise. Yeah, but the pressure on that man right now. Yeah, I know. But my it, word. So the glass half full version is who better to make that pitch to free agents than their last star free agent, and they can go and say like. You know, Elton Brand, he signed there, he was injured, he had, I would say, a relatively disappointing tenure based on the expectations coming in, but Philly fans still love him, and, like, he can go and say, look, I didn't live up to the expectations that, you know, were placed on me in 2008, but this organization still took care of me, both as a player when I was here, they brought me back toward the end of my career, now they brought me into the front office. Like, they care for their players. I can give you the perspective both from the player side and the management side. And this is how we run things. Right. And, you know, we don't treat you. You know, that was one of the big complaints with Sam Hinkie was, like, he didn't care about his players, allegedly. And, like, he, he just treated them like assets, just like fungible assets. And now Elton Brand can come in and say, like, look, guys, I was in your shoes three years ago. Like, I know how it is as a player. I actually care about you. I can come at you from the player's perspective, and I can understand how these things work. I yep. like. Bottom line is, none of us have any idea how this is going to turn out, just because there's nothing, there's no baseline to go from, right? Like we just have no idea. It could be a smashing success. It could be a disaster. Yep. I think, you know, he had his intro press conference earlier Thursday, and they still didn't really make it clear uh the division of powers they basically said like (laughs) like, it's a classic yeah you know it was like well who's gonna have final say it's like well it's gonna be a collaborative thing and that's the word they've been using all summer is like brett brown's gonna be in on that rucker and cohen and eversley are gonna be in on it yeah that's not great right so they said on court brett brown has final say off court elton brand has final say but really everything's going through ownership anyway but, like, there is still that question when, you know... So, Will Smith? <laughs> Meek Bill? Oh, no! <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, I mean, there is that question of, like, when, you know, when you're presented with a controversial, you know, a trade offer or you're torn between two draft picks, who has final say? I still don't really know. Like, because mm-hmm. there are, you know, not... There, not every decision is going to be like a hundred percent utopia harmony. Like right. we all agree and everything. You know, there's yeah. going to be some back and forth, and there's going to be some things that Brett Brown disagrees with that they do, or that Elton disagrees with that they do. And it's, you know, I, I don't understand necessarily, and I don't think anyone understands how it's going to work until we see it in practice. My fingers are crossed for the guy. Like as you said, I think mm-hmm. he's. Super well respected throughout the yep. NBA, like among players, among you know fans and writers and coaches as well. Yeah, like it seems like everyone loves him. So you know, I, my fingers are crossed for him. I I wish him nothing but the best. I would tell his you know <laughs> stay off Twitter. I know he had like a fake Twitter account going out there for a while that people thought was his. He's not on Twitter. Make sure you stay off Twitter. Nothing good happens when you're on Twitter if you're a Sixers GM. I would agree with all of that. Um, but it's funny, like, recently with the Divac, you know, Magic, and now Brand hires, that you, as an NBA organization, feel the need to have a front figure. I, yeah. I'm not really getting the point. I, I mean, players are smarter than that, right? I mean, I get that LeBron came to the Lakers, but I don't think that had anything to do with Magic. I think this was oh, probably yeah. a year in the making. Yeah. Well, I think... Magic probably helped from a business perspective more than a basketball perspective. I think well, right, but he was in LA anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think having him there just to be like, you know, I'm gonna be so readily available to you because I'm the team president. I think that did help. Oh, okay, like, in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Then explain Divac. 
Oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he was a mole planted by Sam yeah. Hankey. That's my only explanation yeah. for Vada. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Uh, Alright, let's finish up with the other surprising hire of the week. The Clippers have hired Lee Jenkins of Sports yeah. Illustrated as, I'm going to quote this title exactly, the Executive Director of Research and Identity. I read that that press release. Uh-huh. I still don't understand what he's supposed to be doing. That was my first question. I don't know. <laughs> but, 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 I'm stoked for Lee. Lee's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know what he... Look, even if Lee is going to sit in a room to play Pac-Man all day long, <laughs> that's fine as long as he's getting paid. I'm right. so glad for him to getting, like, a step up. That's I, I absolutely love it. I have no idea what, what his job is, but yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah. I think, so, all of the, like, ESPN stories and, like, the Sports Illustrated press release about it, none of them really clarified what he's doing. I, I did find a quote uh, from team president Lawrence Frank. He told this to Andrew Grief of the Los Angeles Times. And, again, it's not, like exactly telling us what he's doing but this just shed some light into their thinking he said usually the quality of the answers you receive is the direct correlation of the quality of the questions you ask lee asks great questions and part of asking great questions is being a great listener he also has this relentless curiosity about him what makes people tick what makes teams tick why do teams win why do they lose organizational behaviors you can really put lee in any situation and he's going to impact the environment. So to me, it's almost like he's like an anthropologist. You're bringing him in from the outside yeah. oh, to yeah. observe like how things are running, and you know, and you're like kind of. I think like after a while, if you've been in an NBA organization and an NBA front office for so long, you just become ingrained with like this is the way things work. This is how we do them. This is how we've always done them. Lee can come in with that outsider's perspective, having talked to players across the league and coaches and GMs and scouts. And he can be like, well, wait, why do we do it this way? You know what he is? He's a red team. He's a journalistic red team. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he is. That makes sense. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Because, obviously, like, we know that not just the NBA, but, like, if you just look at politics and and different (laughs) sports as well, like... A lot of stuff are done without people really knowing why, because it's right. been tradition. Yeah. Right. Oh God, if if that's the way, like you know, this is you, obviously this is you, just you guessing. Like right. we don't really know for sure. Right. <laughs> but right. assuming you're right, that I love that. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Again, like we we don't know for certain. I don't even think they know. I think you know, like <laughs> we just that, wanted to hire him. Yeah, that LA Times story basically said, like, look, we met with him and we really liked him and we kind of just like came up with this position for him and we don't mm. know what on a day-to-day basis he's going to do. Like, I think part of it is he's going to meet with the players and he's going to meet with, you know, especially with like draft prospects. I could see him being really useful around yeah, like NBA draft time. Um, oh yeah, asking kids questions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Without maybe he could put an end to the whole you know weird questions asked <laughs> during yeah. the combine thing. Yeah, let's maybe hope. he'll be like, hey, you know what? We're not gaining anything from asking people about how, what is the size of the universe. Like, right, we're not gaining anything out of that. Yeah. Or like, which animal would you be? Yeah, or <laughs> you know, Lee. Maybe he just makes like a mean cupcake and the team wants him in there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure that wouldn't hurt. Cake Friday, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lee, you're yeah. up again. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens with this. I mean, I don't think we're going to, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to know much because, like, you know, other 
writers have gone on to NBA jobs. Luke Wynn is like the director right. of prospect scouting with the Raptors, and John Hollinger, I feel like, was the famous example prior to those yeah. guys who works. I think he's like, I don't even know his title with the Grizzlies, something like vice president. Seth Part now. Yep, Seth Part now is director of analytics at the Bucks, and like we just don't know. You know, uh, those guys are siloed for obvious reasons. Like, they aren't going to mm-hmm. go, like, broadcast. Like, here's, you know, I was a writer before, and now I brought all of this to this organization and steal all of my shit. Like, they're going to keep that oh, stuff very under wraps. We will get the inside scoop eventually, though, when Lee Jenkins writes an expose of <laughs> on the hiring of Lee Jenkins. <laughs> right. right. And, and I think that's, honestly, like, I am thrilled for Lee. Uh, you know, I can't. Yeah. He's one of... Really, I mean, if you're creating, like, a Mount Rushmore of basketball writers right now, he and Zach Lowe are the only two who I feel like are guaranteed a spot on that. Oh. Right? Oh. Oh. Jack McCallum, though. Well, no, I'm saying right now. Like, current active NBA writers. Oh, is he, is he not active right now? I don't think. Is he? Yeah, you're, not- you might be right. Yeah, not to no, the you're volume. right. Yeah. No, he, that, that's because he still releases books, but you're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's fair. So that means what you're basically saying then is Sack Lowe is, is flying solo right now. Yeah. Well, oh God. Yeah. If someone takes Zach Lowe, we're going to, we're going to have a real void at the top of the NBA Look, food chain. Can we agree that that's happening at some it point? It should. I mean, I don't know why a team hasn't already. It's, this is actually an interesting conversation when you look at it. Yeah. Like, Zach Lowe should definitely be hired in some capacity well, by an I mean, NBA team. The Sixers just brought us a guy, they hired a guy from the Stepien as a scout. Like, right. It would be interesting to see if this kind of starts a larger trend of, like, uh-huh. you know, teams looking outside of conventional areas to hire people. And, like, yeah. look, I'm, you know, I'm an editor for Bleacher Report. I read a lot of are writing across multiple different sports. I I read a lot of NBA stuff on other sites as well. I'm relatively convinced like NBA writing is just like above every other sport. And maybe I'm just not reading the right people in like the NFL and MLB or whatever. But like, I mean, the quality across the board for NBA writers is phenomenal. So, like, there is a huge pool of candidates from which to choose for these teams. And, like, you know, our, our friend of the podcast, Mark Deeks, like, it's criminal that a team has not hired this guy who has a better salary cap understanding than I guarantee that Vladi Divac does. And not just that. You know, like, take a guy like Mark. You know, I think that's why there are holds up once in a while because Mark is, you know, at times looked as, as strictly an, a salary guy. But, like, mm-hmm. he can do way more than that. Yeah. Like oh, no, he can he, scout, yeah. he can anal- you know analyze and do all those things. It's but it, you raise an interesting point because now I'm sitting here daydreaming and thinking, one day an NBA team will go. We should have our own podcast, <laughs> and then they'll search NBA podcast, and that is why Brian, I so strategically chose the name, the, the NBA, NBA podcast. podcast. There you go. Stay tuned, everyone. We're gonna be officiated or affiliated with the NBA at some point. Mark our words. <laughs> <laughs> in some way like yeah. <laughs> in other words Copyright we talk about it <laughs> <laughs> oh god by the way just just to end on that note i i've had an idea and if anyone out there is listening who are, who are playing nba 2k like wouldn't it be nice to have the option of actually listening to podcasts in the game instead of the same oh. the same songs over and over again i'm just cool. saying if anyone out there from 2K Sports are, are tuning in, you know, Brian and I will, will definitely tone down the swearing. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie 2K, get at us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, uh, it's, just, it's just a switch you can flip. Like, I want your <laughs> podcast instead. That'd be nice. I like it. Well, that that's what a perfect place to end. So, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening today. Hope you enjoyed the emergency pod. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. Also, follow us on iTunes. Subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. So check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic. I was joined by Morton Jensen, and we will get back to our division previews 
shortly, as long as Jimmy Butler does not get traded. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. And obviously by you saying that, he'll get traded in like 20 minutes. (laughs) Naturally. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.